A lady fled her job because the bosses changed. She cried about the unfairness and the prejudice. She told stories in hushed tones about the downfall of that office and the issues with the people there. Then, after seating herself in a new ministry, she dropped packs of fertilizer and waited for her toxic personality to take seed. And of course it did. Her new office was destabilized and she controlled how most of it worked by manipulating those in office. No weapons were ever used, just exacting words placed under the guise of nurture and prayer. And that ministry has atrophied. Most choose not to see it because a pretty face and prettier words distract from the ugliness that lies beneath. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. We are joined by three terrific people for this episode of SSU. And I'd like you to introduce yourselves. And since we're talking about behind the mask, I'd like you to tell the last time that you wore a mask. Hmm. Well, my name is Kathy Beriton. And I think the last time that I wore a mask was when I went skiing. I had a ski mask on. I'm <laughs> glad you said that you were skiing and not <laughs> robbing or jewels. fishing. Uh, yeah. That'd be awkward. <laughs> Hi, my name is Kayla, and the last time, and probably the only time, I wore a mask was when I shadowed my sister-in-law in the operating unit at the hospital, mm -hmm. and I got to put on a surgical mask and help the doctor put on his, uh, his outfit. That is a good one. <laughs> um, I'm Angela, and I wear a mask every day at work because I work in social media, and I run the accounts not in my name. That sounds fishy, but <laughs> I do it representing other organizations and things. And so when I speak, I'm actually speaking from their perspective, not from my own. And no one knows who's behind the account. I do know. So you're speaking from someone else. <laughs> well, today we're pulling back the curtain a little bit. I'm the producer of the program, so I get the opportunity to be in front of the cameras today. I'm Phil Riley, and uh, I would say the last time I wore a mask was in college. I had to do an oral presentation on the Phantom of the Opera. And so I went all out. I had play makeup on. I had a mask. I had everything. Please tell me you sang. Uh, Please. I, fortunately for the class, I didn't sing. I felt it was better oh. for the grade. So I, uh, I just left to telling people about the, the program and where it started. Awesome. So, uh, if you don't mind, Angela, why don't you start us off with our prayer, uh, with prayer and our Bible text? Sure. I'll go ahead and read the text first. Um, it's from Proverbs 25, 6, and it says, Do not put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great. Mysterious. But let's pray. Oh, and I'll pray in Portuguese just so you don't think I'm going <laughs> off rope. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Querido Pai do Céu, queremos agradecer por, pela oportunidade de, de estar com você estudando sua palavra. Muito obrigado por seu amor. Em seu nome, amém. Amen. Thank you. That's gorgeous. When did you pick up Portuguese? Um, I lived there for a couple of months and then went back later and lived there for a year as a translator. In Portugal? In Brazil. In Brazil. Yeah. Well, it's one country I plan to be uh, to visit sometime. So. We're in Proverbs, and Proverbs is full of nuggets. There's all kinds of truth. They seem to be so sporadic, and it's like, like the writer, the author is kind of pulling 
wisdom from here and from here and just putting it all together. Um, so let's do kind of a quick wrap up. And thus far in the book of Proverbs, what counsel have you found to be very contemporary? I think one of the things that stood out to me, and I don't have any specific verses in mind, but I know one thing that keeps coming up in Proverbs is the importance of accepting advice and seeking advice and heeding advice. And I think that's something especially that we tend to forget. There are certain age ranges we think we know everything mm. and we don't listen to anybody. And then I think especially in this time of oversharing, we hear so much advice that we don't seek it out. We don't go to ask our parents advice because you can just Google it and you'll find so many articles giving you advice about it. And so I think the importance of considering who you're listening to is really timely. And I think that's one thing. I mean, I've, I've, we've got advice columns, we've got celebrities, and I feel like we're really going to all the wrong people for advice, Yeah. for people that ne don't necessarily I don't know. They don't have it figured out. They might think so, yeah. which we actually get into later. Uh, I, yeah, okay. Um, actually, I'm going to share from Proverbs 22, uh, Proverbs 22, 24. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one who um, is easily angered. And I love that because it's like <laughs> straight up telling you if that person is always unhappy you might as well should stay away because well for many reasons but it, it's just straight up and I, I just love it so that's my yeah it's yeah. hard to misinterpret yeah exactly and a lot of uh, verses I feel like in Proverbs are very clear I mean some of them are like a little abstract <laughs> but yeah. most of them are straight to the point All right. I'd say mine I, well, I saw a verse in um, chapter 27 just the beginning, it talks about not boasting because you don't know what the next day might bring. Don't let somebody else praise you because don't get, don't let yourself be brought up by them. Um, I think that's really important too because in today's day and age, we talk a lot about self-esteem and that's very important, but it also goes hand in hand with not boasting about yourself and don't get too caught up on what you think of as your own power. Yeah. I like that. You know, we didn't necessarily follow it in the lessons, but there's a verse that I learned as a kid, which I love, Proverbs 22.1. And it's a good name is better than silver or gold. Mm -hmm. And I think about, mm -hmm. you know, in, in society, we've got, you know, anchors that are uh, coming up with facts that aren't facts. And you've got celebrities that are, you know, doing things they shouldn't do. And you've got all these people, even, even religious leaders that are kind of caught doing things that they shouldn't do. And I think, you know, especially in society, it, it makes sense to do what, what God would choose for you to do and follow that and to kind of build a, a good name for yourself, but even more so for God who we're following. Absolutely. Definitely. Well, we get into the lesson, and the lesson has these nuggets. There are just several different nuggets, but it starts off with the fool. And let's read uh, Proverbs 26, 11 and 12. Do you want me to read? Yeah, Kati, could hey. you? Yeah. Um, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foley. Uh, do you see a man uh, wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. In fact, that's just what Angela was talking about with kind of someone that's wise in their own eyes. Mm -hmm. I think this is fascinating. Have you ever experienced or been around someone that 
kind of. Oh, I thought you were going to say I would dog with vomit. I was like, like um, I don't think I want to admit that. But. <laughs> I have seen a dog, yeah, scoop up its own vomit. Well, how do you get involved? I mean, <laughs> to the, too far. <laughs> Back. Okay. No, how do you how do you help out someone that? I guess is following these. I mean, this isn't talking mm -hmm. just about a dog, it's talking about a fool. Mm -hmm. How do you help someone that, that keeps returning to what's bad for them? You know, the first time I read this verse, I actually thought of that quote that's attributed to Albert Einstein that just says, um, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting something else to happen, a different result. Mm -hmm. And so a fool repeats his folly. And and then it says that there's more hope for a fool than for him, because at least the fool might recognize that I don't, I don't understand this, I don't know enough, I need help. Somebody can maybe give me advice that I could follow. But somebody who's wise in his own eyes, they're not even... They're not even trying to get no, better, yeah. No, they already think yeah. they know it. I've talked to people where they don't even let you finish your sentence. They cut you off and they just... Like this? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say names, but... <laughs> Uh, I think that one of the things you asked, how could we um, help these people? It sounds so bad, but show them that they're wrong. Is that mean to say? I feel like sometimes people need to be uh, shown, and maybe they'll take it the wrong way, or they might take it a good way. But I feel like showing them that, you know, it's it's not all about that little circle. There's more beyond, and there's bigger answers and. Does, am I making any sense? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I think it's not, I guess this is in addition to, not instead of yeah, what yeah. you said. But, you know, I think even just taking someone, especially if it's something that they do repeatedly or they've done in the past, a lot of people get defensive when you confront them about right now because then, I don't know, it's like walls go up. But if you have that opportunity of something in the past that you can say, listen, remember when this happened? Let's walk through why that didn't work or why that was a bad idea and kind of help them draw those parallel lines between what happened then that didn't work and what they're doing now that you already know isn't going to work. And I think we can pull from other proverbs in like, I don't know, obviously I, I can't remember where, but just your tact, how you're gonna say those things too. Cause yeah. you can talk to them and let them know that they're wrong, but it's a matter of how are you actually gonna say it? Yeah. Cause if you say it like that, yeah, not the way I put it, like, oh, you're wrong. There's better <laughs> answers. So. When I, I feel like with people, there's it's so easy to put a mask, not to go back to the theme, but so, but so to easy go back to, to, the to, theme. Go, <laughs> to pull the theme in even further. Um, I feel like it's so easy to put up a mask and to have this mask of, you know, confidence where I know what's best. I know I know all this, and I feel like that really holds people back from what they can obtain, yeah. or what they can become, or even what they can do for God because they themselves think that they've kind of reached the limit. And it wasn't long ago in Proverbs that we were talking about um, teaching by example mm -hmm. and how your life is an example to people. And um, I know specifically to kids who imitate, but one of the things my husband does um, is he, whenever something, usually it's my fault, but <laughs> he's so generous and he's always going, what could I do different? And what could I do better? And 
since he's always bringing that question to me, eventually I started imitating it and going, what can I do better? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, he got me. <laughs> like, and I think that first, was his plan all along. Yes, he, he's trained me. <laughs> but I think a lot of people I know are that same way, that when you're sincere and genuine to them, eventually they start opening up in that same way. Or if you are asking them for advice, eventually they'll trust you enough to ask you for advice. And I think that breaks down some of those barriers and some of those masks when you take that first step mm. and then the other person feels safe and comfortable to take that step then with you. Well, and that kind of leads into uh, the idea of friends and enemies. And I feel like an old person using slang, but um, like the term <laughs> frenemies, which is, you know, <laughs> someone that kind of poses as a friend but is an enemy. And it talks about it in Proverbs. It's Proverbs 27, 17. And I'll just read it for you real quick. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And I feel like as, as people, as friends, we're here to help others out. We're here to help out our friends. So I guess the question is, can you, I guess, how would you, how would you help out your friend and also say things that are hurtful? How do you kind of get around that? Maybe I posed that all wrong. How can you say things that are beneficial to them? Constructive criticism. Exactly. Okay. Let's, how let's can just we have hurt Kayla them? Ask the I want to focus on how that. How can we hurt our friends? Um, <laughs> well, I think that there's different levels of friendship. And I think that when you are really close to someone, I, I think uh, the closer you are to someone, the more... You should always be honest to all your friends, but the more honest you can be and the more direct. I know uh, my best friend, we've been friends for a while now, and he will tell me exactly how it is. And uh, I'll be honest, there's some times where I'm like, I don't ever want to talk to him again. But then I turn around and I'm like, you know what? He probably nobody else would have ever said that to me, but he did, and even though it hurt, momentarily it was for the best. However, if somebody that I just met were to say that to me, I would always be offended and never take it <laughs> constructively. Just... I think the heart of that comes down to vulnerability. Like we yeah. choose who we're, who we're vulnerable with, but I think vulnerability also has to be a two-person thing. Like he's vulnerable with you and so you do trust his input um, and in the same way you're vulnerable with him. But if you don't have that, then it's if it comes off very one-sided, more of just hurting or hurting friends versus exactly. that that constructive criticism. And I think that's what frenemies basically are: are people that you act like you're friends with, but don't have any sense of vulnerability, any mm -hmm. sense of trust. Yes. Because you know, or hopefully you know, because there are frenemies you don't realize that that's what that, they are. Yeah. But you know that when they're not right in front of you, they're not acting like friends because they're either telling your secrets or talking about you behind your back or, you know, so that aspect of it, the, the intimacy of, of trust and, and openness just isn't there. Well, I like what you said because I've, when I was in college, I had a friend. I'll, I'll pretend that he's a friend. I thought he was, <laughs> but he wasn't a friend. Um, but on the first week, we were all freshmen getting to know each other. And he saw my girlfriend at the time and I signing up for a group and he signed up, not because he and became a friend of mine, friend of me, um, bec not because he wanted to be my friend or cared about me, but
but he actually wanted to get to know my girlfriend <laughs> and was hoping okay. that we weren't dating. And so like that shows me someone that doesn't care, that doesn't have that the my best interest. But at the same time I can talk about say my spouse who can say or do, you know, things that could be even more hurtful by someone else, but you know, knowing that it's from her, I know she wants my best interest. Yeah, and that's the real I mean that hits the nail on the proverbial head there. <laughs> but I think that's what comes about from that, from that relationship that's been built, is this knowledge, this trust, that even though it doesn't feel like it, I know this person wants what's best for me. So I know without a shadow of a doubt that this person isn't trying to hurt me. And that's, you know, I have so many friends that they could do or say anything, but in my mind, I know they would never hurt me intentionally. I mean, there's things that happen unintentionally all the time, but if they say something that makes me go, hmm. It might be for your best. Yeah, best. there's yeah. a reason for it. They're not just doing it so that, to watch me cry. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's a whole different type of friend right there. Yeah. So. Well, on that note, I'd ask, you know, there's so much that God tells us through his word. So the question is, if God can be trusted, or if God's word can be trusted, how should its principles be applied? Fully. Carefully. <laughs> Carefully. All you're doing is adding, <laughs> adding words to hers. <laughs> yeah. Soon we'll have a whole sentence all together. Kati, what's your word? <laughs> Lee. <laughs> no, how should we apply it? What, what principles or what things should we keep in mind maybe? As we, as we apply God's word to our lives? Well, going back to what we're talking about, friends in general, I think that, uh, like I mentioned before, when you have a close relationship with someone, uh, hearing advice and hearing words and hearing um, these things from this person, whether it be hurtful or nice, you take it in and you build it and you take it as constructive criticism. Uh, in the same way, it's with God. Like if we don't have a relationship with him, these words don't mean anything. However, if we uh, start building our relationship with him and we get to know him, we can apply this. Whether, because there are some, I can't point any out right now, but there are some things in Proverbs alone that are, if the one I mentioned earlier about not hanging out with hot-tempered people, if someone were to read that and it's like, that's mean, you can't, Uninclude people, but you have to understand what he's trying to say, and uh, I think that you only get that after you have a relationship with him. Yeah, and the helpful thing about a relationship with God is that he doesn't, I mean, there's a lot of principles in the Bible that need to be applied to our lives, but he doesn't just hand you the book and go, here, do it right. He takes you through a process, mm -hmm. and everybody has a different process, but maybe this week he's really working with me on patience, and he keeps bringing people to my day that I usually lose my patience with, and you know, he takes you through a process because he's the one that knows you best, and then that's the principle that he's reinforcing and teaching and bringing up into your life and into your mind. And that's what you're working on. It's not that you're a failure because, okay, you've got patience, but you're still hanging out with hot-tempered people and you're still doing this and you're still doing that and you're still doing, there's so many things. But these principles come in gradually as well. And I think a lot of people, when they, when they think of the Bible, they're like, oh, can't do that. 
Well, that's probably true. <laughs> you can't do it yeah. all. But but with that relationship, it's an organic process that, that he takes you through and yeah, you're not alone. Eventually mm -hmm. becomes easier. Yeah. I think an important part of that is just that he provides those experiences. Mm -hmm. Like we learn naturally as human beings, we learn through experiences and it takes time. Whereas like we were talking about, if you just give somebody advice, they're not experiencing it, they're not, you're not giving them the time to actually grow in that and make that change in their life, whereas God is able to do that, being mm -hmm. God. Well, and I also think, you know, going back to my spouse, like, I can listen to what she says. If she has something, I can either take it two ways. I can take it as constructive criticism, or I can take it as being hurtful. And I know that she's not trying to be hurtful, and I think when you have that relationship with God, you can go to these principles and you can take it as you know wisdom or advice constructive criticism you know ways that you can further honor God and not you know a way to be offended because God's not trying to offend anybody yeah that's true so moving on from that it talks about in the Bible how we are supposed to sing praises to God like even in the diff difficult times praise him all that stuff so <laughs> <laughs> Why is it difficult to sing praises when we're discouraged? Well, because <laughs> singing praises is not what I want to do when I'm frustrated. <laughs> That's not your first inclination? That's not usually. I'm not usually like, oh, love you, Jesus. No, it's not what I try to what do. What was that again? I'm not Just doing for those that, that ever again. <laughs> we need to... <a>, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in our family, my dad, in like every single prayer I heard growing up at the dinner table, it was always, um, we recognize you, Lord, as the giver of all good things. That was his phrase that was always there. And I think it's easy to go, okay, he's the giver of all good things. And when you're discouraged, you are not seeing those good things. You're usually pretty focused on all the negative things, all the things mm -hmm. that aren't working right, all the things that aren't going your way. And so he's not at the forefront of your mind in those moments because we're going, well, okay, if, if nothing's working, well, God must be off taking care of somebody else and forgot about me. Maybe the question should be, is it possible to sing praises or say praises, have them in your mind? I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a matter of mental training. I, mm -hmm. I'd say our natural state is that we've we've trained ourselves to react in a very negative way. We go self-centered. We go, this is a horrible day, and oh, oh my word, this happened, and that that happened, and that this person didn't listen to me. And we just we start closing in and form our own little bubble. And I think, for me personally, when I do that, I'm building the shield around myself that I don't let God through. And so during those times, I'll find that if I'm listening to Christian music, suddenly I can't stand it. I have to, like, I, it just sounds horrible. It's bothering me, and it will just drive me nuts, so I have to turn it off or find another outlet. And usually for me, that just takes time. But I think it is very possible to train yourself mm -hmm. to, re to recognize, okay, this is what's going on. God's still here, okay. So I think it's important to have those outlets where you say, I know God is here. I'm not feeling him right now, but I know that in this book, in this verse, in this sermon, it's God inspired and he's there. And I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go try to find him again and let him back in. Uh, it's I, when I lived overseas, I met uh, a man who was going, I mean, he had nothing. Um, he lived in, uh, it wasn't a hut, 
but let's call it a hut, because uh, I don't know what else to call it. But, I mean, he was uh, just very poor, and uh, we met him because every, sat every Saturday we'd go um, to his village where he lived and just go and give them water and hang out with them. And this man was sick. His kids had died, had gone through all this stuff. But this, he, and had a terrible voice. But man, did that guy sing. And he was just always praising God. So is it possible? Absolutely. If someone like that who, um, you know, is going through so much pain can have that relationship with God where he knows that through the pain there is a blessing, if he can do it, we can. Yeah, and I think a lot of it, I, I'm going to sound like one of those positive thinking gurus, but <laughs> a lot of it I think comes down to perspective as well, that like you're saying, Kayla, that we tend to get very self-centered in those moments. And I mean, even if you've ever had the experience that you're having a horrible day and everything's going wrong and you think nothing could get worse, and then you find out some a friend of yours whose father just passed away. Mm-hmm. You, that puts things in perspective really fast. All of oh, a yeah. sudden, you forget all of those small things that were happening to you because you have some, somebody else to focus on. And I think not that a bigger problem is the solution. No, no, no. <laughs> but it's that perspective that when all I could see was all of these negative things on my plate, I wasn't paying attention to anybody else's. And I think for me personally, when I'm really down and really discouraged, I will go around and give away, this is not the healthiest of advice, but I'll give away candies to people just to see their smile because just that, you know, brightens me up a little bit. And so I think something like praising God, it's one of those perspective building things. And I think that's one of the reasons he asks us to do it. And I like that idea of perspective. I like training perspective. So how would our friendships, how would others and our friends help us with our perspective and help us understand the love of God better? All at once. Let's see, yeah. <laughs> Wait, can you say the question again? I'm sorry. So the question is, how have your friendships or how do friendships help you understand the love of God? Well, I mean, going back to having a close relationship with your friends, uh, Sometimes when you are in the middle of these situations where honestly there's days where so many things are going wrong that I feel like sometimes I'm making up the list of things that are going wrong. Mm-hmm. Like it's really only You're two like, things, yeah. but I'm and like my feet adding, smell and yeah, <laughs> my hair is a yeah, I don't you know like it. But sometimes you just need a friend to be like, hey, you know, you're okay. Um, things are going to be okay, and you just made up four things on your list. And sometimes you need a friend to tell you that and put that into perspective. Mm. And kind of check your reality. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I don't want to say that my mom is my friend. I do have other friends. As, as great as my mom is. Your spouse and but your mom. <laughs> I have other friends. Um, no, but it's, it's one thing where it can almost be, like, frustrating because I've, I've wanted to be frustrated and mad and my mom will come in and point out all the positives in life. Mm-hmm. And even as frustrating as it can be, it's something that I appreciate because it really does kind of change my perspective Absolutely. and kind of pulls me out of the frustrations and out of the problems and helps me see that God does have things kind of under control and helps me see the bigger picture of, mm-hmm. of who God is. So if God seems distant during difficult times, how can we find him? Mm. 
I think I already offered my suggestion, which is, <laughs> yeah, like I said, go to the place where you know he is. Go find that verse that always reassures you. Go find that friend that you know has a tangible, real relationship with God and go like, have them help you with perspective and understand or reassure you that you know, God's here. And that's a great place to wrap up. Thank you very much for joining. If you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool.org. Remember the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Phil Riley. <laughs>